Welcome to Creative Block. We're your host, Gene. And V, we interview people in creative industries about their life, work, and hobbies while we do Dual Jam. We ask people on Twitter if they have specific topics they want us to discuss, as well as some drawing prompts. And today with us, we have Matt and Paul Lazel. Oh, Lazel brothers. Ho, 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 ho. This is our first, uh, this is our first duo interview. We have two people yes. at once. Um, it's going to be absolute chaos, but we're going to do our best. Yeah. Uh, Matt and Paul, uh, actually, you know what? Let's do this. How about, um, Matt, you tell us who you are and what you do. Hello, my name is Matt Lazel. Um, I'm an animation director and recently just finished making a show at Netflix called Battle Kitty. Mm-hmm. with me who is paul, paul. uh <laughs> brother paul lazel i'm also an animation director and i'm sometimes illustrator um and yeah i've also just finished making battle kitty with matt excellent uh the show is very exciting because it is like an interactive show where it splits off into different paths very much like a like Super Mario Brothers three kind of map, would you say? Is that mm-hmm. very accurate? Yeah. Oh, video game yeah. overworld map. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, that's super exciting. We'll get into that later. Um, by the time this comes out, the show is out. Check it out on Netflix. Uh, let's start. Matt, tell us how you first got uh, into art and animation. Um, it's something. It's something I've. I feel like I've. I've always. I've always done it's ever since I was a little kid. I think I was drawing a lot with Paul, like we would draw together. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so it's always just been my main hobby. And then I think kind of around high school, after high school, kind of realized that you could do it as a job, which blew my mind. Right. Um, what was the thing that made you realize that? I think it was going to, it was after high school, going to like what they call a foundation course in art. So that was like a year's course. Um, uh, And just kind of, yeah, meeting meeting with tutors who kind of exposed me to the the world of uh, art education, realizing that there were paths into things I was interested in. At the time, I think like when when I first went to university, I wanted to go into comic books. I wanted to be like a comic book illustrator. Uh, but ended up choosing a course that had um, that uh, that was teaching animation as well, and was kind of exposed to that, and just fell in love with animation. And I think from there, the rest, as they say, yeah. And then Paul, <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so pretty similar story to Matt, just drawing uh, my whole life, and probably similar story to you guys too. Just, yeah, drawing, getting complimented uh, for for being good at drawing. That'll do it. yeah <laughs> that little bit of validation that's all you need and i was hooked yeah <laughs> um but no yeah it, it just felt like really nat- natural like ever since we were we were kids that was kind of a thing we wanted to do something in the creative industries um and yeah, yeah i actually kind of yeah did, went down the whole kind of art school thing and i i um i didn't study animation i studied illustration but all the while i was still talking with Matt obviously and like hanging out with him and I would like kind of work um, with him on some things. So kind of learn animation vicariously through that. Um, yeah, that's how I kind of really got into it. Did you guys, I was just wondering actually, are you guys twins or are you guys like a year apart or what's the age difference between you two? 
three years, so I'm I'm the eldest. If you can believe that, the oh, elder lays out. The elder, the elder, <laughs> the elder lays <laughs> um, Yes, three years difference between us. Uh, what were some of the earliest projects that you guys can remember working on together? I feel like the the first um, official one with with both of us was a music video for a band called Mazes, um, and they. At the time, I had my, I had a friend who ran like a really small record label, so he put out a single um, by this band, and he was kind of like, "Hey, I saw you like to do animation. Um, would you want to do a music video? Like, I've got no money, but do you want to do it or not?" Kind of thing. And at the time, I was I was like a student, so I was like, "Yeah, fuck it, I'll do it." Um, and I asked Matt, I was like, "Hey, I was asked to do this. Do you want to do you want to do it together? It's like a fun little thing. We can do whatever we want." It was like a nice little like, short song. I think it was like a minute, just over a minute or something. Um, so yeah, we worked on that. Um, and long story short with that one was it went from this kind of obscure band and like this really tiny independent record label. And they kind of got picked up by like another record label, which I think was still independent, but bigger. And then um, they got in contact with like, hey, we hear you're making a, a music video for this. We need it in like two weeks. And me and Matt had kind of been... Wow. you know like chipping away at it we had like an idea for it we maybe had like a rough board like a very rough board um and we were a bit like uh can we can we do it in like three weeks or something like that and we and we just like <laughs> I, I got a train up to london and we just i like i think i just slept on like matt's sofa and we just stayed up late like all night and just cranked it out that was the first thing we worked on properly well, cool. three weeks. How did you make it happen? Just late nights. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, <laughs> just didn't, just didn't stop. So, yeah, thinking back to a lot of those like early projects. Yeah, you pull some crazy stunts like that. Not healthy. Yeah, we wouldn't. Do that now. <laughs> yeah, you do, do, you, do what you got to do. <laughs> do you guys feel like you learned, uh, like, um, maybe like I don't know, pipeline things or like tricks that like yeah. you were later able to use as you went into the industry and later even being in like leadership positions yeah. on on Battle Kitty? I think um, I'm always really grateful of yeah, me and Paul's kind of background in London working on those short films, music videos, um, because at the time there wasn't, uh, there was a great animation industry, but it was very like, um, uh, based in commercials um yes. so the stuff we were doing mm -hmm. wasn't like super high budget it wasn't um it wasn't uh we didn't have a lot of time so we were working with very small crews a lot of the time um uh, and that was that's obviously very hard um and takes a lot of work but it also is great because i feel like we had exposure to um every little bit of the pipeline you know we were making music ourselves we were doing the animation we were doing the storyboarding um, everyone we worked with, we were really kind of in close contact with. So it was great. It was kind of, um, we kind of uh, got to dip our toes into every little piece of animation production so that when we came over here and we're having to direct much larger crews, um, it felt easy to kind of communicate to the different departments because we'd kind yeah. of done all those things ourselves a little bit and could understand um, how to talk to those different teams and those different artists. So, yeah. Mm. The world of freelance uh, gave you your, the tools you needed. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. yeah. Uh, yeah. So can you talk about some of the other uh, gigs you guys did while you were in the UK? Yeah. Was, what else did we do? We did like, yeah. Yeah, a couple, oh, few music videos. Um, 
some short films. We worked with a comedian called Adam Buxton, who's a comedian in the UK. Um, and we just kind of made like a fun, silly little video for him. So he had a comedy show at the time. Um, yeah, made some commercials for different kind of brands and stuff. Um, what else did we do? We worked on some like idents, yes. like idents for TV channels. Um, yeah. Did you work for a studio? Like, a, was there like an agency type of studio that you guys were working for to do all these commercials, or were you entirely freelance, working like under your own basically name? Yeah, we worked with a production studio Ooh. called Blink Inc., which are, who are based in London. Mm -hmm. So yeah, for for most of those things, especially the commercial stuff. It was, it was, um, it was through them. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. I was going to ask also like how much of your, how much free time did you have to kind of like, uh, uh, take care of your social media? Cause I remember, uh, you guys have a, like before battle kitty, because obviously like, I mean, you know, being in leadership takes all of your life yep. but you had like an like a very <laughs> strong social media presence and i was always like really uh just i was really impressed <laughs> by the amount of content you guys are putting out yeah it's always so hard to do that stuff mm -hmm. right because you've got to um you're often doing it in your spare time off your own back um but i don't know yeah i think i think we we still enjoy kind of drawing for ourselves and need somewhere to kind of like um, get that stuff out and um, kind of experiment and explore just by ourselves and yeah it helped it helped us kind of come up with ideas that's where Battle Kitty came from was just kind of you know after work had finished doing stuff that made that made ourselves laugh just kind of experimenting with new characters and yeah out of that can come some great stuff but it's hard it's hard to keep it up mm -hmm. um work is often so so much work um that when you finish you're like it's hard to like get that energy to do work for yourself you know so yeah yeah uh how did you first get into tv animation what was that first uh, opportunity like yeah i feel like we me and paul's dream i think was always to like make a cartoon like we always we grew up watching cartoons and we, we always wanted to make a show so even when we were working in london on like more commercial jobs, music videos, or short films and that. Um, we were, we'd always try and like um, be pitching shows and um, we started to pitch to, to Nickelodeon whilst we were in, whilst we were in London. Um, I think that kind of started it for us, like the, the feeling that um, maybe we could make mm -hmm. this happen and kind of got, got in contact with people who were out here and kind of already working in that industry. Excellent. Uh, what was your first job in uh, in TV? Um, in animation, I guess, specifically. Yeah, for me, it was um, working with Matt and uh, George Gendy in London, um, developing what would become Apple and Onion. Um, that was kind of back when uh, Cartoon Network had a kind of um, like a European development studio going. And I feel like we right, were like yeah. one of maybe... Mm -hmm. Three. I don't know if you can remember Matt shows. I think yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Apple and Onion. I think was one of the, the last shows they they developed at that studio. They kind of, yeah, they kind of winded down that 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 studio whilst we were there almost. But yeah, that was kind of I guess the first kind of 
proper TV animation job I had. Yeah. It seems like there's a pretty small uh, community of like UK artists that um that do work for tv animation is that true or is it just that like you guys are roll deep and you just all happen to end up uh working in the western or um, i guess in I the american yeah, like, i think back when, when we were when we were in london there weren't many avenues into like tv animation and that that development studio that cartoon network european development studio was one of like the few places where i think we saw a real avenue into like doing what we wanted to do um you know it's where shows like gumball came from and pinky malinky all came from that studio right um so it's really exciting yeah. so i think i feel like when when we were in london there weren't that many avenues but we've been away for a long time and i think things have changed and hopefully keep changing because there's so many great there's so much great talent in the uk and i feel like a lot of people you know would love to get more into into tv production because um, I know the uh, UK industry and French industry is a is a tiny little bit different. Because um, UK, from all my French friends who worked in in the UK, it, it did feel like mm. it was more uh, advertisement based. Um, and but do you feel like on the TV side is it a little bit more preschool than it is that like six to twelve age range? I know that it's like pitching six to twelve is is in europe feels a lot harder than here because <laughs> it's like harder to convince studios or there's just like the studios are like uh, less inclined to do that specific um mm. target i think yeah when certainly yeah. when we were there i think like matt's saying um yeah it felt it felt like the only things that were going on was maybe like things like peppa pig and and stuff like that a lot, a lot of preschool and gumball was the only kind of avenue into that mm -hmm. world there was a lot of appetite to get into that world but it's it was kind of like you had to make it to america before you could really dive into that um i think it's completely changed now like from what i from what i know um it seems like studios are much more willing to kind of do things all around the world i guess the technology is kind of like caught up with that um and and I, th I think also just like the the students that are coming out of those schools are much more like th kind of thinking that way like that's a goal that they want to do um i think back to when i was in university i think i was maybe like the only person in my year who like had the dream of like oh, i kind of want to make it like an animated tv show yeah um for every everyone else it's, it was a kind of different uh sensibility do you think it's just the the like access to more information and just knowing that that that's out there like just because it's because of the globalization that's sort of happening where you know everyone's watching all these different media do you think that might be the cause or is there something else kind of I think, happening? yeah it, yeah exposure to things i think like social media like you think of like art communities now like they exist online um I think, yeah, like, I don't want to date me and Matt too much, but I feel like when me and Matt were coming up, social media was really, like, in its infancy. You guys remember, it's like, you know, it was there, but it was very niche. It was, like, super, like, hyper-focused, hyper yeah. whereas now yeah. it's kind of, that is the, the main thing. Um, so yeah, I feel yeah. like that, that plays a big part in it. People are seeing it more, people are seeing how it's made more, and are following the people that are making it more. Yeah.
I agree that like social media, I think we brought it up in a previous episode that uh, when, I mean, I was graduating in 2011 and uh, yeah. Instagram just kind of got out. It was like Tumblr just started a couple years before that. And Facebook is, was 2028, 20, I think. 2008 that came out so it's yeah, very it's recent that. yeah it's very recent it's true that yeah it feels like we're kind of like pioneers I guess in terms of like putting art on like um Instagram and Twitter yeah, it's a, now it's yeah I feel like we were the guinea pig yeah. generation but now they're <laughs> figuring it out <laughs> remember like blo- like blogspot was the, yeah. was the thing you remember that yeah blog yeah blogspot bring blogspot <laughs> back I mean it's around, just no one uses it. None of those, none of those websites True. like go away, right? Like they just become <laughs> yeah. like a weird corpse that doesn't doesn't die. But, yes. Yeah, Blogspot was the jam. I think Tumblr really just kind of yeah. destroyed it because it was so yeah. much more accessible. Um, yeah. And uh, the reblogs, the reblogs, the reblogs were great. Yeah, that was a smart idea. Um, I was gonna ask. So the 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 people in the shows you mentioned, like Gumball and Pinky Malinky and and Battle Kitty, they kind of share um, some stylistic similarities. There's it's very mm. like graphic design, very strong shape language. Um, could you speak to that a little bit? Is that something that like? Because I assume that you you know the creators of those shows, but. Is there a common thread that you can see yeah, really between those? Question. I think there is. There is that certain kind of like European style of design. It's very kind of because you, you mentioned you worked in yeah, advertising, yeah. and I wonder if maybe yeah. there's some you know because there wasn't a lot of like studio work that maybe everyone got their start think, yeah, doing the, commercials, uh, and so there's kind of this at like, university because advertising maybe, kind maybe of like animation wasn't such like a huge booming industry. There was a lot of emphasis on illustration and good, clean graphic design, typography. I know, uh-huh. especially for Paul, right? Um, that was kind of at Brighton. That was kind of like drummed into into them there. So, like, I don't know. Yeah, there is this um, importance. I feel like in a lot of like European design, good proportions and things like that. It's also very like Japanese inspired. I think as well, like. We idolize a lot of like Japanese show, and they're just sure. known for their like really nice graphic design, character design. So that definitely inspired us. But yeah, you are right. There is this kind of like shared, shared kind of aesthetic. What do you think, Paul? Where does it come from? Would you well, s- let, well, let me tell you. I don't know. I, I have a, I have a theory. It's more from like the education. Um, I'm going to be speaking generalities here, and this is not. Uh, don't take this as gospel. But um, I have a theory that it's just like, like art schools in the UK uh, really focus on kind of like ideas and um, finding your own kind of voice and style. Um, Whereas I feel like maybe some of the um, institutions here lean a little bit more towards like um, how to get into the industry, like how to hit the ground running, how to get, um, be like hireable um so sure. yeah i feel like maybe there's just a little and and this is you know nuances because there yeah i feel like schools in both places kind of do a bit of both but um but yeah i think that that, that yeah, that's sure, maybe a reason behind it is that like we're kind of really taught to like yeah like hyper focus on on I don't know, like shapes and, and the visual language of something as being like a 
almost like yeah like branding something or having like a really strong oh. clear visual identity mm-hmm. whereas maybe in the u.s it's more like going off things that already exist yeah. or you know and have a, like a, a big history here would you say i was gonna yeah like i was gonna ask also like i know for example in 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 the french animation industry there uh because of the limitation of budget uh there is absolutely no way a show will be hand-drawn like a show like uh, Craig of the Creek or Steven Universe, it's all going to be Flash. I mean, it's changing to Toon Boom Harmony. Uh, I was I was wondering if that was also maybe something that was uh, yeah like driving design in from you guys' perspectives. Yeah, maybe. I sometimes I do sometimes wonder if we were subconsciously kind of influenced by a lot of like British kids shows. Like when we were kids, British shows were super simple. Some of them were just like images um, being narrated. They were all narrated by like one. It was always like one dude doing like all the voices. Um, but stuff ha- like Stop yeah. It and Tidy Up. What are some well. of those shows? Um, Thomas the Tank Engine, Voice by Ringo Starr. Trapdoor. Yes. Trapdoor. Um, Remember Trapdoor? Trapdoor. Trapdoor was like okay. that. It's a really cool stop motion show. But the characters are all super simple, very limited animation, all voiced by one guy um yeah and i can't help but think like oh yeah maybe there's some of that dna in battle kitty um i'm looking these up now and i can see yeah there is a lot of strong shape language like that is definitely a thing it's uh this is this is interesting v i think i think that's really that's really smart yeah that's um probably because of the limitations on budget those all those shows were probably made for near to nothing um just kind of like uh, you've just gotta you just gotta be really clever about the information you're putting in there so it's not mm-hmm. too complicated uh what are some of um we were talking about influences and talking about you know everything so like for each of you what were some of those earliest shows uh animated or otherwise that really left an imprint on you that um did you steal you still kind of see coming through in your work yeah today? i think so uh, yes yeah, i feel like some of those old british shows subliminally probably had a had an effect um, and I think as we grew up, we got really into American cartoons. Um, we were big Cartoon Network fans, so Powerpuff Girls, Dexter's Lab. Um, mm-hmm. We also on Cartoon Network obviously had they had to, that Toonami slot as well, like late night Toonami stuff. So Cowboy Bebop, Gundam Wing, hell yeah, um, shows like that really influenced us. Um, and then I think video games as well. Uh, had a massive influence on us, especially for mm-hmm. Battle Kitty. Uh, we're, we're big Nintendo fans, so a lot of that Nintendo style, I think, kind of really rubbed off on us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it shows. Um, how did... Well, actually, you know what? Um, I was going to ask about Battle Kitty, but I think there's still something to be um, talked about with that mm-hmm. sort of transition coming over from the UK into America. And uh, and what that's like, because I know, you know, V has had to deal with the work visas. You had to deal with the work visas. So let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Like, what's that experience like? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Coming to America. Um, it's the American dream. We live in the American dream. <laughs> <laughs> that's so oh, yeah, funny, because yeah. I was just like, this is just me doing like a big side, uh, like going on a big tangent. But I was reading about like. The American novel and what it is, and it's all about like framing the American dream, and then the, there's like this 
uh, thing now that's like the American dream is dead or whatever. But I feel like now it's just like the like <laughs> foreigners were like, no, it's still alive. We're, we're still coming for it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it is so interesting. It's definitely been interesting. My image of America before and after living here. Yes, it's right. Very, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to hear about that a little bit. So what, what did it, what, what, what changed? It was funny. I think like, like, um, so I came out here first, I was offered a job on Sanjay and Craig, um, and, and came out here before Paul, Paul stayed in London for a bit and then came out to work on Battle Kitty. But, um, before moving to LA, I had zero, um, preconceptions about what Los Angeles was. I'd only visited like New York a couple of times. So, um so it's been really interesting coming to a place where i had yeah there was i had no idea what it was like to live there had no friends who who'd lived out here um so it's been cool in that respect but yeah it's tough it is tough um i think when i first came out here my visa was tied to uh a company it was tied to nickelodeon yeah um i was on like the h1b so um First, you came was... on the H1B. That's really interesting because yeah. they they tried to, to get it for me. And it's basically, it's virtually impossible to get now because there's too many applicants. Can you explain what it. that means? Because I don't know. And I'm sure a lot of people won't know. <laughs> You're kind of put, there's like a, there's yeah. like a, there's like a finite number of them um, mm -hmm. every year. So yeah, it's, it can get very competitive. I think luckily when I, when I came out here, which is 2013, it was a little easier. Although... The day I arrived, there was this government shutdown. I remember that. That was scary. Oh, wow. um, because you arrived. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Obama was like, shut it down. <laughs> no, we cannot let this guy in. Um, that was a good Obama. That, thank you. Thank you. I've been practicing. I was practicing that for <laughs> Shut it down. <laughs> shut it down. Shut it down. That's good, right? It's like it's like running <laughs> Barack Obama. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was which was cool. It was like a thrill at first. It was very exciting. But that being tied to a company, not not being able to take any time right. off or or having to like like set that contract up and jump from company to company got yeah. very exhausting. It got very exhausting. So now I'm uh, fingers crossed on a green card, um, which allows sure. me a bit more yes. freedom. Um, mm -hmm. Which is good. So are, yeah, you, are so, you both so. you both still tied to a work visas right now? Yeah, uh, yeah, I am. Yeah, my my story is slightly different. Um, uh, I came out here only merely just over three years ago, um, so I'm a little baby mm -hmm. over here. Um, and I I was on a O one visa sponsored by mm -hmm. Netflix. Yeah. So that was nice. It was a lot of work. You have to put together like this big kind of portfolio of like why you're the best in the yes. world. Um, yeah, that's the weird which, thing. That's as a modest person like myself, I found very difficult. Yeah, it's but, like um, I relate to yeah. that so much because it's this thing where you're like, okay, yeah. I gotta, I, you have, I have to dissociate for a week and be like, I believe it. I am an amazing talent. You're, yeah. I, I am, am the, the best shit. artist yeah. in the whole world. Uh, America will not it's be quite... able to make cartoons without me. <laughs> yeah. I feel like when, when you get it, it's like a really great ego boost. It's like, oh, yeah, maybe yeah. I am great. Yeah, I, I am, am the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Now I have uh, a little piece of paper that confirms it. Uh, <laughs> there I is a that, lot of yeah. that. It does feel strange. You have to kind of give. You're telling your life story. You're giving yeah. them everything. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like, like, yeah. Like, luckily for us, because of the a lot of the commercial work, and we we'd had some success. So like, I had interviews, and I had we we had won awards, and like, I had all of that stuff. Um, yes, that does help. Which which you need? Yeah, you you really need. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah it, it's like it's it's not just that it helps it's like you you need it you, you yeah yeah you need oh, yeah, it yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah for yeah. the o visa yeah. for the h1b not not as necessary but for the o visa definitely because mm. oh i think is outstanding i guess uh usually they call it right, like the yeah, noble prize person. visa it's like you're you know <laughs> oh. Right, right. Yeah. That's exactly, what we call it. Right? Yeah. That's what, that's what we call it. <laughs> yeah, that process. <laughs> Maybe. That process uh, seems very stressful to me. And I, I am also oh, yeah. an immigrant, but I, I immigrated here when I was like six with my family. So I didn't have to deal with any mm. of that uh, nightmare. Um, but I've been watching V go through it for the last, like, what, almost 10 years? Well, um, yeah. And now, you know, yeah, V has a green card, but like, yeah, I remember when you were bouncing between jobs and like trying to, because you, I mean, you have to get whatever studio you go to, to pay, right? Like you have, they have to pay to keep the, how does that work? Like they have to pay to keep the work visa. No, it's more like, um, the way that it works is that you cannot work for a studio if you don't have a visa. So they have to have a lawyer um work on your application and um they they're obviously paying the lawyer but they're also paying the fees of the visa so they are paying all of that upfront right. and and submitting it to the uscis uh who will um uh approve it or not depending on whether they think that uh your application is uh valid like if it's really necessary because I, because at the heart of it it's like why would they hire some like a foreigner over an american citizen so you have mm. to prove that you ha- you are more skilled or that you have a, a level of achievement that is uh above way above average that they need to get you specifically um which kind of works in our industry because shows are extremely picky uh like showrunners will uh, go through um, sometimes over 50 portfolios for to just fill in a couple mm. positions. So there is this criteria of like, it is an extremely skilled uh, position. And it's something that we tend to forget when we work in the industry that it could, because that's why as an artist, you can apply for this O visa because it's usually also for um, artists, athletes, or scientists, or like literary talent. So it's oh. it's those very, it's highly skilled and also highly um, covered, I guess, kind of positions. Like like you would, you would be likely to give panels or to, to, you know, like your opinion would be respected by, by a selected group of peers. So things like att- attending or exhibiting at, at events like CTN, like Box Expo or Annecy, or like, you know, there is a scene that has a lot of eyes on, on it uh, internationally. So that's the reason why 
you can apply for these visas. So the H-1B is a little bit broader. So if you were, uh, I think H-1B is a, is, is a little bit more, uh, it, it doesn't need to go through all of the specific steps that the O visa has, which the O visa has the, the articles, the awards, um, have you been a, a jury on a panel, like all of these kind of like very like, you know, are you, uh, do you have not agency, but, um, you know, like influence, I guess, in the field. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, I promise yeah. we're going to move on from this. Uh, are there any visa talk. No, this is visa. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, but I think it's really important. I think like I was going to ask if there's any resources that any of you um, can think of that helps with that stuff. I, to be uh, honest, I, I've, I've blundered my way through all of this stuff and it's like, right. and very somehow I've, I've managed to keep up with it, but it's it's so complicated. I, I feel like Paul knows a lot more and Paul's wife, Ali, I think is like, a, has been like a source. Yeah, of it kind of like me. going through this process kind of like turns you into an immigration lawyer yeah, kind of thing. Right. Um, then tr truth be told, yeah, there's not a lot of resources out there. Um, Apart from obviously working with a good immigration lawyer, um, they can help you, but it's expensive. Um, I think, yeah, like my advice to if there's someone out there who's like maybe like a young student or something and really wants to move to America, maybe they're in America already. Um, I think it's like not to not to rush. Yeah. Um, like not to rush into it. I think there's like windows of opportunity and you if it's something that you really want and that you want to work towards, I think you'll get many windows of opportunity. Um, there's a little bit of luck involved. It's a lot of timing. Um, but I think, yeah, like you were saying, it really helps. I feel like it just helps you if you're like a sure bet, um, especially with like a visa, like an O one, like, you know, build up your career um, before, before getting into that world, build up some bit of savings. Um, cause you'll, cause you'll need it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's expensive paying for the mm -hmm. lawyers and stuff. For sure. Uh, so, how did Battle Kitty come about? Let's let's mm -hmm. get into it. Well, it all uh, started with the H one yeah. B visa, actually. Uh, yes, yeah. Let's go back. To that. <laughs> <laughs> Battle Kitty came to Battle Island on a H one B. Battle Kitty. So Battle Kitty started as a series of of short um, Instagram comedy sketches that I would do in my spare time whilst I was working on Pinky Malinky, I think. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and it was part of that, just kind of like stretching your legs after work, just doing things for yourself. Um, uh, and then, yeah, just kind of from there, just kind of fell in love with the characters and really enjoyed drawing them um, and acting them out and doing these little kind of episodes on Instagram um and then i think when it came time for me and paul to think about uh what shows we wanted to pitch um uh battle kitty kind of became one of them um it seemed the characters were really strong and kind of like we really liked the characters so so it was just about kind of fleshing out a, a kind of a, a wider world around them which we did um, and then pitched that to Netflix. And at the time, Netflix animation studio was just starting, starting up. So I remember pitching it to Netflix 
and not really believing that they had like an animation studio. They said they had, but there wasn't any building or anything. Um, but they said that they were starting this new animation studio, that they would be like making shows in-house. Um, and yeah, they, they thankfully they, they picked it up. They liked the idea. I think it helped having those Instagram shorts for sure, just to show them kind of the, that proof of concept. Um, and then, yeah, from there, we, we took it into development. Yeah, I remember talking to you and you, um, we ran into each other at one point and you had mentioned that the development was like three months. Is that, is that accurate? It was super quick. I, maybe I was exaggerating. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe I hadn't had much sleep. It sounded cool. I don't know. Um, but it was, it was quick, I think, in um, uh, kind of compared to 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 other people's development times time cycles or um it was pretty quick and i think that was one of the one of the cool things about working at netflix at that time is that it was a brand new studio they were just starting yeah. up they needed to make these shows they brought in so i think very luckily for for us there was there was a good amount of development time but it wasn't super long you know it was um we were kind of moved in produ into production relatively quickly I mean, anything less than yeah. a year is incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fast. I, I think it like... was just about less than a year. Yeah, probably not three months. And I don't know why I said that to Eugene. I'm sorry. I don't know. I was trying to impress <laughs> me. I guess. I, don't know. I was like, <laughs> I w I remember seeing. I was like three months, and I was going through development with Planet Panic, and I think it took me three months just for me to like get my contract sorted. And so, I was like, what are they doing at Netflix? I was like, what? But it was probably uh, pretty quick. It was probably pretty quick. Maybe, maybe I was. Yeah, when 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 more of the crew had joined, I think then it started to really speed up. And I think maybe that's where that three months came from. Yeah. I was going to ask, just like, me on a crazy day. <laughs> maybe. Just making uh, <laughs> uh, I'm sure you were probably tired. Um, <laughs> from working on the show. Uh, I was going to ask, like, um, do you feel like the shorter development cycle was beneficial or did you later on wish you had more time? Like, were there any things you're like, Oh, I wish we could have developed this more. Um, it had its pros and cons. I think no one wants to get caught in development hell, right? Like that's, no. it's like the dreaded thing. And yeah, yeah to totally understand why. Um, but, um, you know, so it was great to have, to get kind of greenlit pretty quickly. Um, on the flip side though, it is good to have a bit of time in development just to kind of figure out story and writing and things like that. I think that's, that's maybe, um, where we kind of, where if I were to go back, I would have liked to spend a little bit more time figuring out some of the stories that we wanted to tell, some of the overarching uh, plot lines. Um, and then also because Battle Kitty is like a first of its kind interactive show, it would have been good to have spent a bit more time kind of planning out what that interactive map would look like, how it would work and how it would kind of relate to the more episodic content. Um, we were doing a lot of that as we were making the show. I'm so proud that we did it and I'm so impressed that we kind of pulled it off, but it was definitely hard work. Um, sure. So it's tricky. It's one of those things you, you always, you're always going to feel like you want more time. Um, and then, you know, at the same time, you do have to just kind of like jump in at some point and start how, doing How it. did you decide sure. on the, like, how did it come about to be interactive content? Because I, um, I remember seeing you posting on Instagram, the little like comedy skits. And um, were you originally pitching it as a TV, 
a TV show, like an episodic TV show. And also the second part of the question is, I remember seeing those kids in, you, you drew them in probably Storybook Pro, right? Like, but, and then the show yeah. is CG, uh-huh. which is really cool and looks really slick. And yeah. also what was that decision like? Um, yeah, it was cool. Like um, after we pitched the show and it kind of, they brought us, they brought us in house. Um, one of the execs actually, Jenna Boyd, in one meeting was just kind of like, um, yeah, and kind of think about how how else this show could be kind of viewed. Like it doesn't have to be kind of selected episodes off a list. Like think about what 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 else it might look like. And it was a really cool kind of like meeting to come out from because I was like, okay, yeah. cool, let's let's think about this. Like how else can we do it? And you know, obviously it was like very video gamey and inspired there was lots of like fighting monsters so i think we just thought to ourselves like oh, wouldn't wouldn't it be cool if we were kind of exploring the show in this never before seen way and we kind of used cues from video games and made this interactive map you could kind of select episodes from um and it really kind of came from there so we so the kind of, it was interactive from pretty much from the get-go um I don't know. There was a great, there was a great kind of atmosphere at that studio at that time. It was a real like yes and kind of atmosphere. It would be like, um, we'd kind of be pinching ourselves sometimes. We'd be like pitching crazy things, and then they say, "Yeah, sure, let's do it." <laughs> yeah, okay, let's do that then. No, we're gonna do that. This is great. Um, I think later it came back to bite us a little bit, <laughs> just in terms of the amount of work we had to do. But I don't know, Paul, what do you think? No, yeah, that, that's pretty, yeah, pretty spot on. Um, yeah, I think at the time when we were there, they were looking very much looking to like innovate and do things in in a new way. Um, so yeah, we were totally like an innovation project and kind of grew our production, like grew as the studio grew as well rude as rude <laughs> i know rude. uh we grew yeah yeah what what um how did you two split up your um your work duties because um uh paul you're a supervising producer is that right that's right yeah so like what is what does that Some mean in the pipeline of battle kitty yeah it was um so yeah matt, matt is the creator and executive producer and i was brought on as the supervising producer um the way we generally broke down was like matt handled all things kind of story story being in like the writer's room being with the storyboard team um he also did the voices of kitty and walk as well so he was in the record doing a lot of records um and then i looked after things like uh more like the design actually the interactive the interactive portion of it I kind of took on um and music and stuff like that so we we did kind of like split it mm-hmm. split split duties there but there was always cross-pollination like we'd always like try and get in like really early and kind of sync up and we were always talking and um yeah we'd always have eyes yeah, on really, what each other do it was such an expansive show you know we were like making we were making a tv show at the same time as making essentially kind of like this video game um and those two things had to relate to each other and work in tandem but it was a huge amount of work and so me and paul really had to kind of take this divide and conquer approach 
but it was because we've been working together since we were kids you know like working together is so natural like uh, yeah it was so I, I can't imagine really doing it with anyone else because it was like a lot of trust between us two um uh and that's i think that's what's great working with paul is that there's this just inherent trust that we know what each what we're, we're both thinking have the same sensibilities um so yeah it was a lot it was yeah a lot that makes a lot through. of sense because it's like i think there's like working i know like a lot of shows with younger creators sometimes they'll pair up with like uh someone with like more experience someone that they don't really know yet and there's like a lot of communication that has to happen and a lot of like you know like getting on the same page and you guys basically didn't even have to do that because you already knew what you wanted to, to make that's super great that's true yeah yeah we could just kind of jump straight in um yeah we're really lucky in that respect for sure do you think you would want to do now that now that the show is out and you've been working on it for however many years do you think you'd want to do another interactive style narrative i think we would oh it was gonna happen (laughs) yeah i I think we would we definitely learn a lot um doing doing this show i think we do it we probably do it differently and and kind of grow on on what we've learned um but yeah i think it's like it's a really exciting place to to be and i feel like there's a like a trend at the moment where it's kind of like people in animation or like yeah like storytellers like looking to video games and interactive experiences and then equally like people who work in games and more interactive stuff like really trying to find um how to like tell great stories with with their thing so i'm really excited to do more stuff where it's like finding that like sweet spot in the middle um between like yeah interactive and gaming and and linear linear narrative so yeah i think we, we would do it again but yeah it's definitely like a new space and uh, we learned a lot making battle kitty yeah there is a ton of overlap between games and animation and like um in so many ways and i i'm excited to check out the show just because like that's something that i've always wanted to produce that kind of um that kind of blend and uh and I w- i'm really curious to see how you guys handled it and also like what you do in the future and also i hope that more studios are open doing that kind of thing and i think Netflix is clearly in a position where they can more easily implement it because they are a streaming only studio. And so they have that, the, um, the technology to, to handle that and the initiative, but um, it, yeah, it'd be cool to see uh, more animators hop over to games and, you know, kind of try to bring that same narrative talent Um yeah, there was no question there. I just I'm I'm excited to watch the show, and I and I I think it's cool that you guys moved it in that direction, like move move the needle a little bit towards. Yeah, I agree. I think yeah. When I saw the map um, in the trailers and stuff, I was like, this is so clever and smart because it's like a, a battle show, and like what better comp- comparison than you know video games that are often like have a battle element to them. Um, I wanted to ask you guys about the CG component of it because um, I was wondering if you had worked on CG shows before and if uh, um, if so or if not, you know, what was the learning curve like uh, moving from like 2D shows like Sanjay and Craig and Apple and Onion to something in CG? We've done a few projects um, together um, in CG 
um, Paul had directed a few um, spots in London um, that used CG. So we were kind of familiar with it before we did Battle Kitty. Um, uh, and I think, yeah, the idea we, I, I remember early on, the idea was to do um, Battle Kitty in this kind of like hybrid style. So like the characters would be 2D and the backgrounds would be 3D. Um, and I remember one day just thinking, let's, let's just go, let's try the whole thing in CG and see what that looks like, because it was already feeling very video mm. gamey. At the same time, there were loads of, there was lots of, I was reading lots of articles on like using Unreal to produce. Oh, um, right. Yeah. Uh, TV yeah. shows. So I was like really interested in that. So we were meeting up with some really cool people who were just starting to do that and had studios kind of set up to do that. And, um, I think all that kind of momentum led to us, yeah, trying it, trying it out in CG. We we tested a bunch of studios out and found one, Plastic Wax in Sydney, who's this great studio who um, at the time had mostly just done like video game cinematics and trailers, and had also worked on actual video games too, um, but they'd never done like a a TV show, so it was kind of a first for them, but they turned out to just be the perfect match because they brought all that video game knowledge and that, that kind of new unreal technology to the table um, in a way that just really excited us. And that I remember the t getting the test back and just thinking like, yes, this is the show. This is exactly it. Like we wanted it to look a little kind of like you were kind of watching a video game cutscene. Right. We didn't mind if it was a little rough around the edges, if things were kind of clipping. Mm -hmm. Um, that we kind of liked that video game aesthetic yeah. and they just hit the nail perfectly on the head. Um, and from there, it was, yeah, it was cool. I think, yeah, me and Paul had a little bit of experience in CG anyway, so it wasn't a mm. huge leap to be working with them, but we still, we learned a lot, you know, and um, um, with CG, I think it's all about, like, you have to plan everything right ahead. Mm -hmm. Um which in 2D isn't so much the case, you know, you're, you're able to kind of like make things up on the fly a little bit more. That's a lot harder in CG and, and can really impact the budget and the schedule. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask what is, what was your favorite part of working on Battle Kitty and what was your least favorite part? And let's start with Paul. <laughs> I mean, f favorite part is always just like work, like having a crew, working with a crew. Um, we were really lucky. We like uh, had assembled um, a group of like, I don't know, really like like-minded people. Like I feel like most people like got along really well. Um, it wasn't too much like drama or anything. Um, <laughs> so yeah, just like really fun times of that. Like, I don't know, we, we would have like karaoke nights and stuff like in in the studio um and yeah really just like those early days in the studio we were like based in hollywood we had this kind of like it was like an old photography studio that we kind of had to like reinvent ourselves and like matt had bought loads of like old school games consoles so you could like play gamecube like game yeah um we like painted like a big mural on the back wall kind of like made the space our, our own so yeah th those are the fun memories um <laughs> They're not fun memories. I mean, Bad like we, we were making the show during the pandemic. So right. yeah, I, I really clearly remember that day where it was just kind of like the kind of week leading up to it and everyone's all like, uh, like, I don't know, touching stuff and then like washing their hands like every five That's minutes. So um, 
and then getting that call and kind of being like okay guys everyone go home and being like uh when are we coming back and i remember thinking like oh i'll see you in like a few weeks or something um yeah yep. people and then like kind of watching people like ransack the snack ah! and it's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> a bit like wait maybe i won't see everyone in three weeks this is looking a little apocalyptic, apocalyptic. <laughs> yeah 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 uh, a little end, yeah, end of was... day so that transition was tough and i think it was tough on uh it was tough on everyone like making that adjustment and i th- think some people like some people adapted some people like struggled but yeah we we all we all took a hit over that for sure and what about you uh matt i think yeah the the best times were um seeing it work i think were we're getting bits of animation back getting episodes back and they're just looking fantastic and yeah like paul said working with the crew we had such an amazing crew who just showed up every day and just kind of none of this had been done before so i was always so grateful of everyone just sticking with it and um being so talented and kind of like just up for making this brand new kind of experience happen um and then uh yeah the the, the toughest stuff was um yeah just trying to keep it on the tracks trying to keep things working i think if you, you know as a showrunner you're trying to make the show good itself but then also make sure that everyone else is having a good experience on the show sure and so you're kind of juggling those two things and sometimes those two things don't work together um uh yeah and it's a lot of pressure i don't know you uh, people a lot you know you've got a team of like 40 artists who are giving up years of their life to come help you yeah make this thing you better make it worth <laughs> it for them sure. um uh and that's that's a lot of pressure i don't know the the thing the, the thing that took me by surprise the most and that I, I i struggled with was on other people's shows working on other people's shows um if things weren't going quite right or i'd worked on an episode that didn't come out quite like I was hoping it to I could always walk away right after work and kind of be like well at the end of the day it's it's not my show you know I've done my best and like that's uh it's okay I can kind of walk away from that on Battle Kitty that mental excuse just wasn't there anymore it was like no mm-hmm. this is your show and this is like mm-hmm. our responsibility if things don't it's go still, well you just walk that's away on, just leave that's on us <laughs> so like you, you that, that there's no little mental trick we could do to kind of relieve that pressure off ourselves but that's a that's a skill you need to mm. learn i think if you were to kind of survive as a director you, you do need to like forgive yourself every now and again and yeah and be able to walk yeah. away and sleep at night yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. wow that's it sounds like yeah that sounds like um uh, important that sounds like it's really tough uh just to because you're putting yeah because it's kind of like you have this this chance and and once it's out it's out and there's no do-overs so it's just yeah yeah exactly you get you get one shot and it felt like that i think for me and paul we knew this hopefully it's not our only one shot but you know you've got to treat it like that um yeah yeah we didn't know when this opportunity would come around Mm -hmm. again so it had to be had to be worth it we had to kind of make it happen but also balance that with like mm-hmm. you know mental health <laughs> what uh <laughs> what stage really i was gonna ask yeah what stage of production um were you at when the pandemic hit 
We were pretty, I'd say we were pretty much halfway through, maybe just over halfway. What do you think? I, th I think we were probably about like two thirds the way through pre-production. Um, yeah, I'm going to say that. So the, the wheels were spinning more or less. Oh yeah, just, we were in was, full yeah. effect. Yeah, yeah, I think full, in hindsight we were kind of we were kind of um, lucky in that way in that we had met. You know, we all knew each other. We had kind of we were starting to hit a stride. So although it did like set us back a couple of weeks, um, we people knew what they were doing. You know, there was not a lot of like kind of induction. We we'd spoken to people who um, who had you know like kind of crewed up during the pandemic and stuff. And yeah. Um, yeah. And and that sounds like like tougher. So in hindsight, yeah, you know, it worked out. I think I don't want to say we were fortunate, um, but yeah, I guess in comparison to some other productions, we were fortunate in that way. Netflix handled it really well from my perspective because, like, I remember when everything was shutting down. What what I was hearing was that like, yeah, Netflix just said like, everyone go home, like you're good, <laughs> like, and then you know we'll get you your equipment. Whereas like WB was definitely having a hard time with it. They kept trying to resist. They were like, ah, oh, it's fine, it's gonna be fine, and then it's like clearly not fine. Um, I don't yeah, like studios, but I think because it's like, and it, sometimes it felt like that working there. It's like sometimes you forget but you remember that it's a tech company yes. like first and foremost like yeah, that's what that's, that's what they do so like on that stuff they were always like always 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 on top like the it department yeah. and stuff were like on, on it kind of thing so yeah that was like really seamless um to be honest that's a very good point of, yeah yeah big shout out to the yeah the netflix it department they really like <laughs> yeah they, kept they, it going. they kept had, it going and they, kept they had a month <laughs> from hell i'm sure trying oh, to oh gosh yeah <laughs> all of the it departments of of the world had a, oh had a month from hell um but it, it's interesting that it like pushed us towards a like a normal that we needed i think you know where it's like we now have it's the the taboo of working from home is gone um more people are able to like not have to live in the you know these mm. packed expensive cities like that that stuff those are the few, I think, very few pros of having gone through all of this is that, like, it's opened up um, that sort of industry a little bit. I don't know. Uh, You're totally right. Yeah. I think that is a great, that is a great, um, yeah. Did you, um, on that note, like, do you, um, how do I phrase this? Like, do you want to work with more uh, artists in the UK or in Europe now that it's more accessible, or is it still kind of a difficult thing to um, to get through the through the American studio system? I think it, it's gotten more um, it's gotten easier. Uh, I think, like you said, yeah, the pandemic kind of proved it's possible. Um, I think it depends on the role. I think it depends on like what the the collaboration is, um, like yeah after, like time zones especially in, in like europe and la is not not always super good um so that can be tough if it's like a, a kind of relationship where it's like you need to be constantly in contact that that might be tough but um but if it's the kind of thing where it's just like a you know like one meeting a day or whatever or like once a week um then that could totally work and yeah in terms of like collaborating I think yeah, it's it's just trying to find like the right person for whatever the role the role is. Yeah, it is nice that things have opened up. Studios seem a lot more interested in making things outside of America, and 
outside of the usual system. So, yeah, it is exciting. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that. I think uh, it's still an awkward time and it's a weird middle sort of phase, but um, I really, yeah, I want to see more more opportunities open up for people that are that aren't in la that aren't in america even and and um because there's no real need for it like yeah it's good to work in the same space right i feel like it depends on the i feel like it depends on like what paul and and matt were saying like kind of like your um position on the hierarchy because it is true like if you're a supervisor uh, and you're like on a completely different time zone, no you have to be be real tough um but, yeah yeah and Leadership even if you're like it depends on the schedule but even if you're like a director and you have a team of like let's say three board artists and they're all in a different time zone that kind of makes it harder for you in terms of like launches and like like you have an extra layer of planning basically that you wouldn't have if everyone's on the same time zone i'm not saying that because i want everyone sure. to live here i don't i'm just saying like oh now that i'm on you're saying you want to do away with exactly. Time what if we all want <laughs> universal Everyone. time? This like done in tens, please. This is what if we hours. all what lived in a computer what, what and the there was no time and space? What if we were, <laughs> yes, now we're talking, now. Yeah, there we go. Uh, oh, write we, this down. Write this down. This is good. <laughs> this is an ad for Facebook. I only want to make sure. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if there was only one time zone and everyone seven a.m. was very different for everybody, and it would just be complete chaos? Yeah, yeah, I think that could work. I think it could work. We could do we it. We can do it. Let's do it. That's what the world needs. Yes, I like those pibbles that uh, somebody's drawing up here. Oh, I'm, I'm mid pibbles. It's a very squishy pibbles. I love them. I know. Um, <laughs> uh, how do how do you guys deal with creative block, and how does it feel for you? Let's start with Paul. Create a block. Um, it feels I'm furying. I get I get in a rage. I tip over my <laughs> pencil. Okay. Uh, you, don't wanna see, you don't want to see. You don't want meat pull. Yeah, wow. I haven't got that answer yet. Why can't I, I do commit that? crimes? Flip the table. Up. I quit. <laughs> I quit. Um, no, it, it is, I think it, I think it is frustrating. <laughs> I think I do actually get a little like annoyed. Um, I feel like like the more so I've, yeah I've kind of been working professionally. In the industry fight just like over 10 years i think maybe 11 12 years so i feel like at this point it's kind of i don't know i've kind of learned just to work past it almost um but i mean like yeah when things like pitching coming up with new ideas and stuff um, i think it's just about embrace kind of embracing it a little bit like accepting it as part of the, the process that you're not going to be able to just like go 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 all the time um and then kind of doing something like allowing your um, subconscious to take over, like, I don't know, just doing, just being like, you know what, actually, I'm just gonna do something completely different uh, and being okay with that, not feeling guilty that you're not like working on that thing that you need to work on. Um, Cause yeah, then I think like your subconscious will kind of work it out for you whilst you're doing something else. That's what I'd say. Cool, and Matt? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer. It's a cliche answer, but, um, going for a walk or doing something physical, uh, sure. you do a lot of dancing on Instagram. Dancing is great. I think dancing, is, <laughs> yeah, dancing, I've, yeah, dancing is something I do when I have creative block. Um, yeah, I think the, the brain is a magical thing. It's like, 
whilst you're doing that stuff, your subconscious can figure out problems. I've, I remember on Battle Kitty, like when there'd be a really hard like story problem, um, I'd always go for a walk and nine times out of 10, something would click um, just subconsciously. Um, so I think it is important just getting out there, getting some fresh air if you can. Um, well, yeah, doing some silly dances. <laughs> Wearing bright leggings. And then and post them on uh, TikTok and then you become famous that way. Famous son. You, you never have to draw <laughs> ever again. That's yeah. true, yeah. Which is the dream, Do right? You? Which is okay, this doing. is actually a really interesting, like I know you guys are joking, but it's just something that I find really interesting. <laughs> I personally... I love drawing and even though I do want to tell stories and eventually, you know, like pitch my show, da 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 the whole thing. Um, I mm. I wanna I wanna keep drawing. But what do you guys how do you guys feel like? Do you feel like you would wanna do you wanna like one day dance, dance and never draw ever again? <laughs> This is an elaborate ploy. Matt just wants to be a dancer and this is a weird roundabout way. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I think I get I, what you're saying, Pete. I, no, I guess it was. Yeah, was I think smart. like I, I feel like drawing drawing will always be like a thing we do. Like like Matt was saying, you know, we've been doing this since we were kids. Like it's just just like a like an instinct. I do think like the like the more. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like just just kind of discovering like the magic of it. Like, what is it that you love to do in this industry or like down this career path? Is it like the drawing? Is it like the designing of stuff? I feel like for me and Matt, like the most enjoyable thing is the like the idea generation, the kind of like coming up with characters, the like the doing the jokes, the the making it look pretty, but like the kind of big big picture stuff and kind of doing a little bit of everything from the music to the animation to um and not getting too like technical with any mm -hmm. of it and then just like working with people who are like amazing at doing that yeah um i feel like that's i feel like that's where it goes like will i always draw yes but will i be mad that i'm not the one kind of like drawing everything no because there are people out there who are way better at drawing them than me and i, I want to work with them <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that's always been my approach too i i, I find doing a little bit of everything a lot more mm -hmm. fulfilling than, than doing one job mm. uh mm -hmm. all the time um that's awesome uh we had a couple of questions on twitter um from at the laser bear guy uh says hey well, i know you this laser in the name that's good yes that's exactly uh and bear um <laughs> it's actually uh, my friend matt uh hey i know you two were uk based how was it relocating to LA to work on the show? And how does the LA production and lifestyle compare? Yeah, um, moving to LA for me was, yeah, really exciting. I didn't have any any notion of what it would be like. So yeah, it's been, it's been fun, like exploring a city at the same time, exploring an entirely new industry and meeting tons of new people. Um, Paul came out here specifically for the show, so maybe he's got a better answer. I feel like what was the transition? Um, it's definitely like it, it, it's strange because it's it feels so familiar, yet it is very different. Which maybe sounds a little stupid, but I think it's just like you know, like the the language barrier isn't really like a thing. You can kind of communicate with people, but moving here, the word that, water. Oh yeah, water and my name actually. That. No, no one gets <laughs> my name. 
No one gets my name. Um, there are some things you need to pronounce differently. Um, water. 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 <laughs> um, but yeah, that, I think that you know there are some like cultural differences, like very very little ones. But that that took a little bit of like getting used to. Um, just I, yeah, different kind of. I don't know from stuff like yeah the visa stuff like the way the kind of world works here the kind of I don't know boring stuff like paying bills setting up a bank account and stuff like that it is all slightly different it's different rules and stuff that right. took that took a lot of time to get used mm -hmm. to uh, but the weather is a lot better uh, it's a lot nicer than in the UK and the mountains it's almost the exact wonderful. opposite I think. Oh, really? <laughs> always dry and hot and whereas uk seems cold and rainy no yeah i don't know i've i've done my time of that cold and wet i've done <laughs> i've served my time. time please don't make us go back there don't make us go back there. <laughs> i was gonna ask would you want to if you could would you want to go back and keep working or are you done in in the uk yeah I mean, I think, yeah, being a, a visa holder, we might have to. Um, sure, sure. I, I'd like to... <laughs> if you had the choice. Yeah, no, I'd like to stay here um, for, for for a bit more time. I've It's been tough, like, during the pandemic and the, the visa that I'm on currently. Um, I haven't been able to go back, so I haven't been back for, like, three years, as long as I've been here. Yeah, Paul's been stuck um, in America. So I'd like to go back for, for, for that reason, um, just to, like, see sure. people. But I do like it here. Right love the industry here and it feels like it still feels like the place where you can like make things happen which is kind of why we wanted to move out here mm -hmm. in the first place yeah right on paul uh, loves basketball too so and i love basketball yeah. he's in dreamland <laughs> and basketball is forbidden in the uk yeah <laughs> it is you will you will get shot it's on site just silly <laughs> football the one they do with the feet just, hey, I I've lived in America most of my life. I have no idea how American football is played. It's a it's a mess. So. <laughs> uh, now soccer though. Oh, well that's soccer. what I was talking about. Maybe that's another language barrier thing. When I said yeah. football, I know. yeah, I know you meant it, but I was I was fucking with you. Oh, okay. um, yeah. <laughs> uh, from <laughs> from Adam Bills, uh, has your professional relationship at all affected your personal relationship? Uh, he does creative stuff with his twin and thankfully has never driven any wedges between us, but he wonders if everyone is so fortunate. It's a really good question. And I think like the higher pressure, the jobs, the more that's uh, that you risk that happening. Um, thankfully, I think me and Paul, like, yeah, we trust each other. We're very honest with each other, which I think is a key thing. I think you're going to get into tough spots, even if you are related, even if you have like, you, you have grown up together. Um, um, and I think just being honest with each other at all times can really help. Um, but yeah, we, we went through tough patches, right, Paul? Like we got into little arguments now and again. It wasn't perfect, but I respect Paul um, enough and trust him enough to kind of like get through those. Just enough. Just enough. Just, just enough. Just enough. <laughs> just enough. No, yeah, it is. It's, it is tough. It is like, yeah, it it does kind of. Yeah, it it does affect your relationship and like how you. Um, I think especially when you're like, so yeah, we work together all the time and there's that like respect and trust and stuff. But we're also like, 
we worked with yeah like 40 plus people in our crew here and even mm. more people so it's like you know keeping that um keeping professional at all times um yeah not not taking stuff like personally or anything but yeah i feel like me and matt have like a really good like synergy and kind of understanding and we know that we have like each other's like best interests at heart so like i don't know we don't really take anything like too personal and we know that we just want to make like the best work we can make that's where um it all comes from at the end of the day right on um what are your goals for the future because now battle kitty is released um as at the time of recording it's not out yet to be honest so we don't we don't know, but I assume the response will be fantastic. Um, <laughs> so, what are it's what cost. are your plans now? TikTok and becoming a dancer. <laughs> yes, finally becoming a TikTok influencer. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I think yeah, we just want to keep making great stuff. We want to um, we want to make stuff that really interests us and gets us excited but also gets the audiences excited i think we always strive to surprise people to come out with something that um they might not feel like they've seen before but still kind of feel familiar Um, yeah Mm -hmm. we really want to like try and uh do a movie i feel like that's a a goal me and paul have okay try try and make that happen um and then there's also video games too i think We've loved video games for so long. It's always like a background interest. It's always a background thought, kind of like, how can we, how can we try and make that happen? How can we get into into that? Um, but yeah, I don't know. Paul, is there anything I missed? No, yeah, that's about right. Yeah, we're currently just focusing on kind of doing bits of promotion for Battle Kitty. Um, it comes out on April nineteenth, so go check it out. Probably out now. Go watch it right now yes. if you haven't seen it. Go watch it right now. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah absolutely yeah just keep on making cool stuff be that another tv series or a video game or a movie yeah we just want to delight and entertain what kind of game would you want to make if you had the the freedom to oh my my dream i love in rpgs like action rpgs i love like exploring villages yeah and i would love to make a really dense like village explorer type mm. game where you can just poke around lots of different Ooh, that sounds up my alley to those are different people uh, those are always my favorite bits of those games and so that's one that's one game <laughs> i love it's it open world but it's just one village i love that just like a really dense village you can like, yeah but that's around. fun you can, like, sleep. you can like go into people's houses you can sleep <laughs> on their beds you can sit down in their chairs just like eat food with them man i think that's a lot of games already i don't i think that you could just do that's true that's true maybe that that you could pitch it as a goldilocks (laughs) and you try all the best bring goldilocks back try all the food when they're not there you can only do it when they're not there (laughs) I, I i love the idea of a game that like combines genres there's probably a reason why this hasn't been done but like a game where yeah maybe it's a bit more like kind of open world explorey but they could like flip into just like a kind of 2d fighter or something like that um oh, that's great yeah with viewer too i feel like the games me and matt love most are kind of like easy baby games like games aren't too difficult <laughs> so like just kind of fun light games but um games that have like a really good visual mm-hmm. style um 
So yeah, something like that. Good and and as well, like real yeah. physics. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. good animation. Games where like that jump, the jump has to feel really good. It's mm. that game feel. It's important. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's ruined me on a lot of games lately. <laughs> it just like doesn't feel quite right, and it. I know. You know yeah. You spend like you ten minutes, and it's just no. I can't do this anymore. Do you think that's the animators in us? It's just like I'm always looking at like the way the characters are animated, like the like the like the bounce when they land, yeah, like the animation when they I'm jump, sh- and if that's not there, it really I'm, turns me off again. I'm sure it doesn't help that yeah that we have a sharper eye, <laughs> yeah. but I think that a lot of people i mean there's a reason why some games just don't land right like i think stuff comes mm. out and people even if they can't figure out why they can feel that i think it's like something that's right. similar that's i i don't know if it's so much the animator brain because i um i feel like developers that really love their um craft will spend an insane amount on the physics on the coding the physics of the game mm. and it's almost its own like creative uh direction kind of like how when you're crafting i guess sound and like electronic music and you're really getting that bass to feel like really like i don't know cushy or whatever like because depending on the song or another it's different i'm guessing like physics could be something like that where it's like up to taste rather than you because sometimes the animation can be not good but the physics of the jump can still feel good i don't know if you know what i mean that's true. Yeah, 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 that's true. That's true. That's a really good point. Yeah, yeah. I love games where it's just fun to run around mm-hmm. and jump around, and that could be. I'd be happy. I'm happy just doing that for a bit. Yeah, I used to love Spyro for that reason. Like, like um, the the first Spyros were like uh, like yeah, flying yeah, was yeah, really yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, gliding. Oh, you got yeah, a good flying game. I always feel like a good flying game hasn't quite. There are loads of there are loads of flying games, but like really good like bird simulation. <laughs> <laughs> you, should, you should play um, a short hike. That, that has a oh, really I love that really good. Okay, Classic. okay, that's Classic. a perfect. Yeah. I think that's a perfect. Yeah, that's that's got great physics, simple, nice short yeah. experience. I've been, design. I've been really that's into like just tiny little games that I can beat in like a night or two. But I, it's oh, like yeah. perfect. Yeah. I get I get the feeling of accomplishment. Mm-hmm. I get to experience something that's different, and it doesn't take me 50 fucking hours that's oh, so yeah. true yeah. I'm the same. what about roguelikes you guys play roguelikes <laughs> i played hate i played hades that was that was fun yeah 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 i tried i tried hades too they're not they're not like typically the game i gravitate towards but hades mm. was fun yeah I, uh, I don't know. I've been like really hooked on two games recently. One of them is like a mobile game. It's called Super Auto Pets. It's so oh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's it really, really fun. It's kind of like a little bit like Magic the Gathering meets Pokemon. And mm-hmm. you just, I don't know. And you can have like multiple mm. strategies. And the, and the a game is short. And I've played uh, Vampire Survivors, which is... <laughs> looks like nothing oh, yeah. but it's so fun because you get to power up like if you get the right roles you power up like crazy and it's just beating up oh towns gosh, of swarms look. it's really it's this really fun <laughs> looking at screenshots it's and really it's fun <laughs> but that's like just like like you know like yeah just playing the game it's not so much exploring or anything these don't have any exploring components right 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, v, is there cool. anything else you wanted to? No. Um. Hmm. 
I think we kind of like covered it all. I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, uh, we were worried this was going to be a long one. It was going to wow. be chaotic, but you guys are efficient. <laughs> yeah. you have all, the, all your answers covered. It's great. I think we're, it's because um, we were distracted by the drawing. I got to say, it's tough to talk and draw. I, oh uh, there's a reason why so I have not. I have Can not... I put that as a disclaimer at the end? If any of my answers sounded weird or kind of bad, it's because I was drawing a funny picture of Kitty. <laughs> The drawings but are it was great. great. They're and, so uh, good. If you guys are listening to this episode on Spotify or iTunes or whichever audio platform, check out the YouTube video. It's really, there's a ton of awesome drawings. Like this yeah. uh, bodybuilder, Kitty, uh, on the last page. <laughs> Love him. <laughs> New power bow for Kitty. Going on. Some strange New power bow. Some weird Excellent. sonics. I liked everyone. Yeah. Sonic too. That was good. Yeah, that's good. It's got into a sonic vibe. Very cool. Uh, yeah. No, it's very hard. I, I figured that with three people drawing, that I I can I don't have to worry about it. It's it is very hard for me oh, to to process well, everyone's. Before I wrap it up so. too fast, actually, I remembered I, I there was a question on my mind that I forgot to ask, but I wanted to like real fast while we have some time. I kind of wanted to get you guys' take on writing. I know you both uh went to school for um uh, animating and uh draw and illustrating and i wanted to know kind of how you stretch your writing muscles do you have any uh prior experience uh like do you have a little writing routine kind of what's that uh world like for you i feel like with writing we always our formula is kind of we've always gone from like um like a premise to an outline and then we jump straight into boards so i think we're very much like board driven Mm. Um, we've got that board driven kind of style of working um, yeah it was interesting on Battle Kitty um, I think that's you know because we come so heavily from that like illustration animation background you know writing scripts wasn't something uh, we would we were doing a lot we were just writing kind of premises and then taking mm-hmm. them to board, board so that's the uh, but that, I think that's the way we love to work that's where a lot of the magic comes from I think is from getting a really solid outline down. And that takes a lot of work too. That's a lot of writing, a lot of iterating, making sure that skeleton that you're hanging everything off of is solid and watertight and then jumping into boards to figure out all the jokes and the specific lines of dialogue and uh, the action. And um, so that's usually the way we work. And that's kind of been our experience. And that's how we did Battle Kitty. Mm. But it would be interesting to kind of like challenge ourselves a bit more and um, maybe, yeah, concentrate more on, on writing a script. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys have, um, do you guys have representation? That was something that I was wondering to, um, for, so like an agent or like anything to like kind of help you, um, you know, package things, pitch things around or have you been kind of like doing that on your own? We did it. We did it by ourselves for a long time. Um, Battle Kitty, yeah, we did have a, a manager helping us kind of like hash that deal out. Um, so a bit of a mixture, I think. Yeah, we've. But most of our career has mm. been without. Um, I think you get to a certain stage though, and the contracts get so big that you, you do really need that mm. help. You know, I. Yeah, I think me and Paul mm. do. You know. Um, but it's not for everyone. It's it's weird. I know. I know. Um, 
people that still don't have a manager and they're pretty pretty high up. They're like directing features and they still kind of represent oh wow. So maybe it's a personal yeah 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 maybe it's a, a personal preference thing. Um, Interesting. Yeah, no, it's something that I like to ask because yeah. I feel like people, like in animation, it's not something that we we talk a lot about or at least not as much as like for you know totally, like um yeah. for example writers in, in live action it's like it's almost like you have to have an agent it's pretty much impossible otherwise mm-hmm. um but i feel like in animation it's kind of like this kind of weird thing where it's like you can put your your all of your content online so people can judge your your the quality of your work almost like in a couple seconds so in some sense like at the beginning of a career it's not as necessary but uh when when you get into that that realm where it's like um talking to you know execs and pitching and meeting people and doing generals and stuff like that's kind of where mm. uh, it could be kind of kind of useful and or um up to like each individual i guess so you guys like kind of yeah you guys got yeah. it got got like representation for battle kitty mm-hmm. yeah yeah and that that manager helped us get the the initial pitch for, for battle kitty so it is yeah it's it's super useful is it like a must i don't know it depends on maybe like you said be where you're at mm. in your career um I, yeah like you said i know a lot of people that got work off their like writing work off their twitter account you know or lots of board artists that got work because of their instagram mm. account so yeah uh yeah what and are some your, people uh... and some people also oh sorry Jean. I was just going to ask you to plug yeah. your social medias. Hey, I am M underscore Lazel on Instagram. I've got a Twitter account, which I cannot remember the, time, the handle for because I struggle using Twitter, but um, everyone does. Insta- Instagram is maybe the, the best place to, to check me out. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Paul underscore Lazel. And then on uh, Instagram, Paul dot Lazel. Went with a dot on Instagram. Ooh, don't ask me why. Don't ask me why. <laughs> yeah. Why the dot? This is possibly the most important question. Though, why the dot? Yeah. Why let's really, dot? Let's really the dig into dot. it. Because it's two in the point. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Well, and that's, Thank you, everyone. that's the point at the end of this. Uh, hey, there so, it is again. Hey. Uh, Matt and Paul. Dot, 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 dot. Hey. hey. Matt and Paul, thanks for being our guest and sharing your stories. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. really fun. Thanks so much for having us. It's been a pleasure. Anytime. Yeah. Do you guys do this on like a Saturday or Monday? <laughs> Hit us up. Yeah, just <laughs> pop in. Different guests entirely. <gasps> oh, that's amazing. And thanks to our listeners. Um, follow us on Twitter. It's at Creative Block, Creative Without the Vowels, where we ask for drawing prompts and questions to ask for guests. Huge thanks to our editor, Clements, for editing the podcast and Malik for helping us produce the show. If you love our show, then support us on Patreon. Becoming a patron gets you early access to interviews as well as bonus episodes. Click the link in the description of this episode. I've been your host, Gene. And I was V. Keep being creative, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.